All right. Well, you know, it's that time of year again, summer, when people take vacations. And I feel like I ask this every year because it comes up. Now, we're also uh, moving, so it's a bit of a, uh, another vacation. But I wanted to, I need to get some advice from the, uh, the, the permanent resident Australian, kind of soak in some uh. of that Australian culture. And that is, now, I feel, I feel like maybe you're an eighth or a fourth, in, fourth into this mindset. So I want you to project to what your, your, your Australian people would be thinking. How, okay. And maybe they don't have to, but let's just force how it gets to it. How do the Australians disengage from work? So that they can sort of get into vacation mode. Like, what is is there? A, is there is there some sort of incense or the smell of prawns shipping? You know, uh, cooking on a grill, just just some beer. Like, what is there? Must be some sort of process that they go through to to disconnect. Well, the 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 clock hits four o'clock, and it's just a switch that turns off. Okay, so well, <laughs> now that's that was my fear is that it's just already a built in fail safe. I, I think it's a built in. I think it's built in. I think. Uh, you know, if you if you had normally, I mean, we're we're in lockdown right now, but normally, mm-hmm. uh, if uh, if you were, you know, Friday Friday afternoon, probably about one thirty p.m., uh, the pubs start opening up. One people start rolling in. <laughs> um, little or you know, a little later on other days of the week. So this 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 reminds me of one of my favorite things. I think from. Uh... I don't remember if it's from from the the Crown or from uh, that that movie about Churchill, where like Churchill yeah. shows up for the first time to have lunch with the Queen. I guess was it the yeah? I think it was the Queen. And of course, you know Churchill is legendary. One might say infamous if they were more of a teetotaler. Is uh, legendary for uh, drinking all throughout the day, starting with a wheat yes. whiskey in the morning around nine or ten, and then uh, drinking a quote unquote pint. I assume imperial pint of champagne at lunch. Uh, I I don't think it was served in a champagne glass. But at one point, the monarch he's having lunch with just sort of asks, like, "How do you how do you drink so much?" And uh, Churchill replies, "Lots of practice." And I think maybe that's <laughs> that that is what the Australians have when it comes to uh, work as punishment. Is just they've been training for this moment their entire life, and so it doesn't even occur. Yeah, to them. like I mean, there there's definitely. Uh, a bit of uh, blowback on, on the the established drinking culture here. Um, mm. You know, I think that I think I heard that there was talk about uh, July being a, a dry month. You know, people trying to have a, a dry July. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, we're in the middle of a COVID lockdown, so that's not happening. Oh, I, I mean, and I don't <laughs> I don't even mean the drinking part. I just mean the uh, yeah. uh, uh, the going on vacation mode part oh yeah, yeah yeah absolutely but that's that's usually january right like pretty much mid mid-december to end of january or you know the australia day nothing happens i mean that is you know which is which is now like uh working with europeans they're all starting to sort out like hey don't count on me for august right? yeah and so uh yeah there's definitely definitely a lot of that yeah well it's 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 a uh i've realized it's oh, here in amsterdam it's a ghost town I mean, relatively, there's not a lot of people here. And uh, you look across the courtyard in the back, all the windows are dark. People just go, they go on vacation. I don't really know where they're going. People go. Yeah, where are they going? A a lot of people up here go to France. I mean, if you think about it, if you're going to drive, right? Like there's really, there's only two places. Well, there's three places you could go that that are quick to get to. You can go to France. You okay? Four places. You could go to France, 
you could go to Germany or you can go to yep. Denmark. Now, can you guess if you know the geography, what country did I leave out that you could still go to is the fourth? It's often forgotten. England? No, no. You gotta cross <laughs> oh, the Oh, like like one of the little border Yeah. Uh, you, got, you got our friend like Belgium. Belgium. Exactly. Yeah. Belgium. Belgium's full of lovely places. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's great. I mean, I think I think the issue if you're in the Netherlands of going to vacation in Belgium is it's like so yeah. similar to the Netherlands. Like ah. they even speak Dutch there, right? Like in the northern part. But you go you go to like a Ghent or even a Brussels and it's sort of like I think I'm still everything looks the same and it's uh, similar. <laughs> I guess they have more Bruegel uh in uh in in uh, Belgium than the Netherlands, but I don't know if that's I have a feeling that people aren't that's not really a criteria for vacation that they yeah. it's not not a big deal. Well, hi there. It's me. This episode is brought to you by Strong DM. One of your SREs quit. You suspended their VPN access. Was that good enough? Are you sure your infrastructure access is locked down? Strong DM is the only way to be confident in your access controls across any environment. Instantly revoke access to any database, Kubernetes cluster, or server with just a click. Automatically log every query, SSH, and kubectl command to demonstrate exactly who did what, when and where across your entire stack. Trusted by companies like Hearst, Peloton, and SoFi, StrongDM is the only way to manage access and audit controls at scale without disrupting workflows. Start your 14-day trial at strongdm.com sdt. There's no credit card required. That's strongdm.com sdt. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. Enjoy the rest of the show. Well, there's no Brandon here, and I think I think one of the key things we've learned is that when Brandon is not here, things are difficult. It took Matt Ray and I started recording an hour later, so we seem a little futzy in the head. It's I blame yes. Colonel Task. I don't know what Colonel Task is, uh, but I, I've shut down Spotlight, and uh, I I don't know. I'm trying. I, it's just something is weird. I think, but it raises it raises a topic that I you know throw around in my head a lot. And that is, yep. let me start broad. And that is, that is in our area of enterprise infrastructure software. You know, everyone's into the streaming and the video. Mm -hmm. Video is broad. Streaming is a type of video. And, uh, you know, this, this week it looked like, uh, you know, Twitter, they're shutting down their fleets thing. If you remember that, yep. it was, I'm sure I'm not the first or the last to make it, but it was a fleeting foray into uh, <laughs> short form video. And I is that what it was? It was video. I thought it was some yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. It was. Thing. It was. It was oh, there. Do you remember there was that moment before Clubhouse where everyone needed to have a TikTok competitor? So it's basically, oh, it's their TikTok competitor. It was their TikTok. Oh, jeez. And I feel. I feel like you know you could save. Well, it was saved, but you know they should. They could probably save a lot of like BS copywriting. Not they, but one who does this anything. Yeah. By just being like, oh yeah, this is our TikTok killer. Like we should come back to that. Maybe is the wrong word we should say our tiktok um compliment friend copy compliment friend compliment um, is not good but it, you no, know it's some sort of like weak imitation it's yeah, our uh, yeah. uh i mean i don't know there's not really a polite way to say it our uh yeah our deformed doppelganger yeah yeah <laughs> And, you know, I, 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 of course, I'm, you know me, I'm all into the new technology. And uh, so I, I, I think I did something once, but I think. Uh, did you? Yeah, yeah, of course. But I think here is, so, you know, it's, uh, I was realizing at the end of this month, 
it will have been a year since my foray into like stream doing a lot more video and foray into video. Yeah. You know, before that, uh, I was pretty much just an audio, just a podcast person when it came to uh, the multimedia, as we used to say. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it's time for me to uh, do a little analysis of like, should I be doing video? Like what, you know, what is my uh, my strategic resource allocation of myself? That's the important thing, right? And I feel like, you know, I've been doing podcasts for 15 plus years. Wow. And And I think I always do well with that, including the one that I have for work and this one, right? And like the yeah. problem with video is like when I start with video, it's like, uh, you just start from the very beginning, like building up an audience and, and like basically attention. Cause the only thing, the only, there's only two metrics you have to measure, uh, any sort of, um, channel like this is basically you have, you have just raw ears, eyeballs, whatever. Right. Right. And then right. you all, you, you have this, this less definable, uh, engagement metric, Right. Like people chatting with you or just an anecdotal feel of like people who uh, who interact with it. And then you could have direct CTAs like when you go check out Strong DM or CBT Nuggets or whatever. But like I feel like when it comes to both of those metrics and me with video, it's almost at a negative 20. Right. Like, <laughs> like if you wow. if, if you were to look at the gauge or the KPI, like I don't think now this is outside of the software defined talk world. I think it's pretty good yeah. there. But I think yeah. I think in a what I do in a professional context, and I'm gonna have a huge caveat here. I don't I don't or, or exception. I don't really think like streaming video does anything for my type of content. So Yeah, they, I mean it, it requires such a high level of engagement. Right? That's right, exactly. And and you have to put out so much of it to get so few followers. Yeah. Or yeah. leads. And 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 like I just I just want to finish out my my whiteboard dump here. And then since you're sorting through uh creating perhaps the most awesome developer relations strategy and program that the world will see. I think that, oh dear. that was like slide one of of your, you know, what 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 developer relations is doing uh this year. At trigger mesh, as I recall, and uh, I think that it's just my type of content, like that is not coding. I don't think I don't think it makes sense. Now, what does seem to work really well for me are like those short one to like five minute videos, and that seems yeah. to perform really well. Where I'm just sort of like, it's it's kind of like I would call it like the Seth Godin style of content. I don't really read his blog anymore because you know I'd read that. Since the early 2000s and and the dude, I mean, he's great, but like there's only so much content you can get out of Seth Godin think like it's just it's yeah, it's it's not that it's repetitive. It's that I've graduated. Right. Well, I mean, what does he have, like 20 or 30 books? And it's like, yeah, yeah I read yeah, one. Yeah. I got I got the gist of it. No, no I, I love it. I love it. He's great. Right. He's great. But we we get it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I get it. Yeah. So anyways, but like I think I think if you Seth Godin eyes non-gaming and non-coding basically if you're not creating something right if you're creating clay pots if you're gaming like or if you're like writing code like uh that stuff works or if you're like you know in a bikini licking a microphone that that works too 
I have been meaning to get into the hot tub. I mean, this is, I don't, I don't want you to reveal Trigger Mesh's DevRel secrets. So let's not get into that. Uh, but, uh, I think for like digital transformation business content, it has to be short form video, which basically means that live streaming is not for me now. And I'm about to pass off to you, Matt Ray. Okay. I think technical, I think if you open a terminal, I think you win. That's where, because coding wow. is basically like gaming. But once you open a terminal and you start typing, then I think that's where streaming works. And then, and then uh, you know, the, 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 the world's your Bob's your monkey oyster or uncle. I, I forget right. how that goes. Matt Ray, your thoughts. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree that um, it's, it's harder to put together. Um, I mean, the, the problem with streaming long form content is uh, it has to be something that you can like step into, right? So if you're talking about like business mm. and IT transformation, you know, it's like you might have missed the opening paragraph and then, you know, you're still drilling down into it and like I lost the lead and I missed it. Whereas, you know, in coding, um, you, there's a lot of context switching back and forth and and kind of revisiting the stuff you're already doing. And, and video games have like no state. I mean, they might pretend they have state, but really it's like, oh. you know, I can drop in and like, oh, I'm in this video game and I'm just seeing, you know, it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and coding, it's like, you know, oh, I'm doing this and I'm going to go look over here. I'm going to come back to this and I'm going to look over there and I'm coming back to it. And so like, even if you just drop in for a while, you're like, oh, I see, you know, I see what's going on. I, I pick it up again. Um, okay. I see where, you know, you don't even have to stick around for the whole thing. And video games are the same way. It's like, you know, oh, I'm going to watch some action for a while. And sports, sports are like that too, right? I mean, usually you want to find out who won or lost. But you know what? If you miss the first quarter of a basketball game or, you know, the, the you know, whatever, it's like you didn't miss much, right? Unless it was, you know, a complete blowout or something. But um, the long form content, it's like, you know, reading, you know, the middle third of a novel or something. It's like, yeah, you have nothing. I think I think you you you've nailed it, Matt Ray. I mean, to to wrap a dumb metaphor around it, uh, <laughs> like long running transactions are bad streaming content. You need you yes. need like like the the more the more stateless, metaphorically speaking, your 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 content is the better. Like yeah, and and so essentially the the best type of technical like you know tech world content for a podcast is, is the equivalent of whatever serverless is, right? Like it's just it's, <laughs> memes. It's, it's, it's me. <laughs> memes are serverless. Oh yes, boy. Memes are serverless. Huh? I think we've really, we really, uh, we really nailed it there. That's yes. yeah. 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 You know, I, we, we, uh, we have this new person on my team, Layla. She's great. And she has, uh, I think her Twitter, her Twitter handle is like, I've mentioned her before. I think it's like, or her Twitch thing is like Layla does IT or something like that. Uh, I was trying to look it up, but I should pay attention to this instead. And, uh, you know, she brought up uh, the point that you did that I think, I think there's a certain, uh, to use the old chasm thing, there's the, the chasm, crossing the chasm of streaming is getting interacting and chatting with people. And I think once mm -hmm. you have that, that's when you're off to the races. And that becomes like the core value of, uh, of streaming stuff. Now, 
you know, you could just do what my strategy has been to be like, you know, the uh, uh, streaming is basically just like the um, the uh, the raw recording, right? And then you can extract yeah. stuff from it. But I don't know. I don't think that, and I don't think that really works. It, well, it, it's fine to do. It's just a lot of extra effort for nothing, right? And and I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to just like hang out with me while I do my job. Right? Like, like, hey, watch Kote record a monologue. Yeah, yeah. It just it's just it's uh, I'm not I'm not that 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 good at it or or something or not good at it. It's just like not as interesting at all. So that's that. So far, I mean, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to discuss this with the team, but I think maybe yeah. I'll, I'll just stop all my streaming nonsense and just more focus oh. on uh, just those short videos. This episode is brought to you by CBT Nuggets. Are you looking to build your IT skills? Do you want to learn more about IT security, cloud computing, or networking? Then it's time to visit CBT Nuggets. They offer over 350 courses and over 2,000 virtual labs. They have courses available on everything, including AWS, Linux, VMware, and even Salesforce. Best of all, it's available online so you can learn what you want, when you want. CBT Nuggets adds over 40 hours of new training each week, so there's always something new to learn. They also offer accountability coaching, allowing you to speak with a real person who can help you create a personalized learning plan, set goals, and check in to make sure you stay on track. To get started, visit cbtnuggets.com slash sct. That's cbtnuggets.com slash sct. There you can sign up for the seven-day free trial, which gets you full access to all their courses. Start learning today at cbtnuggets.com slash sct. And of course, we thank them for sponsoring our show. Uh, looking at uh, some, of, some of the links from the week, um, apparently people are changing jobs. A lot of people out there, uh, you know, testing the waters. Um, I've seen different surveys of uh, IT folks saying like greater than 50% are searching for jobs or, or you know, thinking about changing jobs um, now that... Uh, some places are post-pandemic or, you know, uh, post-vaccination. They're, they're thinking about getting out of uh, the lockdown and, and moving on to greener pastures. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's, probably there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, I think the thing that that spurred uh, my interest in this is, you know, I, I looked at uh, a key bank PDF. You know, it's a uh, oh, as one does. Yeah. A I think a buy side uh, firm. So they're all they're interested in kind of like. Uh, telling you about opportunities of investing in uh, the so-called market, uh, and so they did. They did a survey of like CIO priorities. Now, as always with surveys, you got to be really careful to look at the uh, like the the methodology. And the methodology is like yeah. thirty-six CIO types. They called. So I wouldn't call that a survey. I would call that yeah. like I had a bunch of conversations and made some charts from it. Which is totally fine. Yeah. Like the way I evaluate that is like, all right, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you actually talked to, you know, SVP and above, like budget holders and budget prioritizers for IT at 36 large organizations globally. Right. And so, like, I don't know. That's fine. Like, if we kind of think, like, the thing I think, the thing I always think about it is the, for a survey on IT spending, that that I care about, the total population is around 2,500 people globally, right? And what I mean by that is like the global 2,000, each CIO yeah. in the global 2,000, plus 500 SVPs here and there. Like maybe it's more like 3,000, whatever, doesn't matter. 
So I don't know. Yeah. You know, like 36 people out of 2,500, as I like to tell people, I have a philosophy degree. So I don't know what that means statistically, but it's <laughs> it's fine. Like, I'm not going to like, you know, make any major like allocation. to sit. Well, no, I probably would about how I spend my time. That's a good enough indication of like what goes on there. Right. So. But 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 do you think you need to, you know, kind of preemptively give everybody a fifteen hundred dollar bonus just to keep them around? Yes. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's always good. And that's the point that we're getting to here is one of the things I looked at in that PDF is, uh, you know, skill shortages and people not being able to, uh, you know, the, the people surveyed, you know, having a hard time hiring people. And, mm -hmm. uh, as I wrote this morning, like what this means to an individual and, and, uh, is that you should, I, you should proactively ask for a raise. Just, you can take that chart. We'll put a link to it in the show notes at softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 311. Uh, not, not, no, that's an Iowa band, if I remember. Uh, and uh, like, just take, you can go to the, go there, click on it. You can get this chart that I put in Twitter. Send that to your boss and say, I need a raise, right? And, uh, you know, now- well if you're a I've been on the job for five weeks, so. Well, okay, that's that's a little different. But, <laughs> but now, if you're if you're a manager, that means what you need. I, I don't know if this is prisoner's dilemma or like asshole capitalist dilemma, but what you need to do is before your employees ask for a raise and anchor to something in their mind, what you do is you proactively give them a raise or some money oh, wow. so that yeah. their anchor is that like, oh, I don't need to worry about this because my company has always given me more money or given me more uh, money. Now, yeah, yeah. Now, that in the bud. A $1,500 uh, spot bonus is great. I, you know, I, when I read that, I was thinking like, oh, yeah, back in uh, back in the fall, VMware gave like a little chunk of equity to everyone as a sort of like yeah. similar thing. I don't I don't think that made the news. But like, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a year where you want to like uh, give little bits of money here and there to kind of like or days off or yeah. 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 You yeah. you want to you want to make people show that you appreciate them and that you want to retain them. Now, you know, the cynical take to that is that, uh, you know, whatever a company might be doing uh, pales in comparison to a ten dollars to $20,000 a year raise, right? Like, like <laughs> that is a whole other type of thing. I, I mean, even more cynical is like, maybe that was just all the free lunches for the year. <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah there's, there's that kind of thing as well. And uh, so, you know, it is, it is, uh, it probably is a good time if you've been waiting to, uh, to ask for a raise to kind of point that out. Now, now the annoying thing is, you know, you always need to uh, have a, uh, uh, you know, whenever you get into that, this kind of situation where you're asking for something, you even, even if your boss is good, the rest of the company is just going to be faceless, uh, no bureaucrats. So you got to have, uh, you've got to have the threat of leaving in your back pocket as well to use, which is unfortunate. I never really like, you know, I was joking with a, an analyst friend uh, I was talking with earlier this week that uh, I know them from way back that like every single survey about any new technology for the last 30 years, you could just have a, a you can have one of those XKCD like uh, charts for survey about technology adoption. And number one, mm -hmm. doesn't matter what it was, is going to be can't find the skills. Number two is going to be security. That's what they always are, right? Like <laughs> you don't have to pay attention to the top two issues. Always the same. Well, what would be interesting is if, if you know, can't find the job skills and, you know, the hot new technology is if those people are actually changing jobs the most frequently. The ones who have those right? skills. So, 
Yeah, so you've got like this, you know, Morlocks uh, who are, you know, they're still yeah, working on yeah. the the old busted Java, and you've got, you know, the the whatever the Eloy or whatever who are like, I'm, you know, this week I'm doing, you know, whatever the latest technology is, and yes. you know, they hop around more, and I, I I bet there's like this, you know, split there. This is the people who jobs more are the ones who adopt newer technologies more. Now, now while we're in Cote uh, and Matt's career corner. Career advice <laughs> corner, career counseling corner. Then we've got five. Six. Yes. Let me throw out along those lines. Let me throw out another thing. Some advice for the young kids. First of all, max out your 401k. Always do that. Right. Like this, even though it seems like a pit, pittance or whatever, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, anyways, you should do that. Always do that. No matter what. I wish someone had told me that. Now, the second thing, now, when I go and I look at one of these uh, thought monarchs out there, lords, ladies, or, or themsies, uh, like, uh, and I see that they have been in a lot of interesting companies over the past uh, three years. Like, they stayed at a company three months, six months. My initial thought is, like, you really got to stay at some place for several years to, like, get that equity, right? Like, if you're... Even if you're going to like a bunch of high flying startups and jobs, mm. if you're hopping between them, you're not like collecting the equity, right? And that's the mm-hmm. whole. As you get older, the whole point of working at a startup, the most important part, I should say, is getting a cash out, right? Now, there is an important part of it, like, you know, have a job that doesn't want to make you like bored, <laughs> bored and everything, doing something interesting and exciting and also advancing your career because. To, to another key point of uh, Cote and Matt's career c- counseling corner, we need to come up with a C name for you, uh, is, uh, is also the only way you're going to get promoted really is to get a new job. Most companies yeah. are not really going to get a promotion of any significance in your existing job. Uh, but you do at some point need to like actually stay somewhere 12 months, if not 24 months, to try to get a cash out because you're just like, you know, no, not cool. Right. Like you're going to lose yeah. out on the money. Got yeah. So don't be Got a churning person for too long. Right. Like you can churn for a year, but you need to find your uh, let's call it your 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 vest job, a place where you can yeah. finally vest and uh, and cash out. Uh, otherwise, you know, you're going to be like eating ramen for the rest of your life. Well, or just make sure you get paid. <laughs> that yeah. was always my advice when I was was when I was giving like career advice to to folks. It was like, you know, equity is great. I got a ton of it, and that's never paying off. That's true. Uh, that's true. I it's it's not vest. It's it's cash out. It's you need to cash out. That needs to be yeah. a strategic importance. Uh, is yes, which is valuable because you're true. Like I mean, you're true. You're you're right. Like just having the equity doesn't mean anything. That's that's uh, right. That's meaningless. Well, we should, we, it would be, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that y'all over at Triggermish got some cash. Looks like from Cisco. Are you excited about this, Matt yes. Ray? I like Cisco cash. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so, so, uh, a little bit of news. Um, we announced that we have raised uh, an, uh, an A round of funding from, uh, Cisco and other investors, you know, some of our previous investors, uh, re-upped and, uh, you know, there's some some other investors who haven't disclosed yet, but yeah, five million dollars. Um, we are you know hiring, and uh, you know we'll have some more announcements uh, coming soon. But uh, yeah, it's it's good to uh, to get a little bit of validation for what we're doing. This is why you care about that uh, skill shortage chart. 
Am I right, Matt Ray? You're looking at you're, you're <laughs> opening some yeah, positions yeah, well, on the Delrel team, trying to find people. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely in um, uh, a, a niche of uh, technology where it's like, hey, do you know any Kubernetes developers? And you know, that's a short list. And then mm. are like, who are focused on the serverless space? And then Ouch. it's like that Venn diagram is like, Ooh, and it's like, yeah, we all know each other. Um, so you know, there have been folks who you know we made them an offer and they're like, no, I just got re-upped by, you know, my employer uh, See, for, that's, for that's more than $1,500. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's hard being a startup. They're, they're in the greater than $1,500, uh, appreciation yes. club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so there's two things I want to ask you. One is I want you to give me a little, I don't know, it might be, uh, you know, er, Things being screwed up as normal, you know, that kind of counseling, that kind of therapy. Yeah. Or it might just be some vicarious living. What I want to know, Matt Ray, I work at a large company. It's very, you know, yeah. expensing things is hard. Now that you have that $5 million, are you just, just, uh, you getting P cards, you just expensing things right and left. What's, what's the process <laughs> like? How is it, you know, is it, is it easy to open up a rec for someone like, or, or has Trigger Mesh already become a big, a big company that has a process and governance? We we are uh, light on the process and governance, uh -huh. but uh, we're still cognizant of the fact that it's it's uh, it's our money, and uh, you know we, we don't want to we don't want to be extravagant with it. So uh, oh, we are sure, not, sure. uh, you know, we're, we we haven't uh, gotten you know the the corporate hot tub yet, and uh, you know the corporate car. I, I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, I have to check with Mark see well, if he's driving the uh, the, the Boxster. Maybe, um, maybe an inflatable hot tub. I think that <laughs> that might be effective, the, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, we are uh, we are a uh, keeping it lean um, uh -huh. in, in a good way, you know. Um, so that way we can hire lots of uh, interesting folks. We had a, a recent all hands where we had people in uh, seven countries across four continents. That was fun. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, we're 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 not going to be extravagant with the money uh, because it's our money, and you know, hopefully, and and everyone in the company has done startups before and has been through exit events, and so we're we're trying to focus on providing value for the investment and not, you know. See, I think uh, I think what you've done is you've pulled out some some important nuance from my uh, my therapy request here. It's it's that, and and I don't think people appreciate this. It's when it comes to spending, right? Yeah. It's not that you want to spend uh, flagrantly. Is it flagrantly? I always forget. It's not that you want to spend like just easily extravagantly. It's that you want to make it easy to spend strategically, right? Whereas I think, <laughs> yes, I think, I think in in larger companies, the the goal is to make it impossible to spend. Right. Like, never mind if it's like or I shouldn't say impossible. To, there's a lot of difficulty. And, and there's not really a consideration of like, it, do we need to spend this money? It's more like when it comes to spending money, we don't. Well, and, and, and that's the flip side to like enterprise software. Right. You know, mm. it's like you, 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 you've pitched the, the, the software. You've got your champions. Everyone's in it. And then. Oh, time to deal, you know, time to spend six months dealing procurement. with enterprise procurement, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, that, that's the flip side of it, right? So, yes, startups, we can spend the money easier. Uh, but, you know, the the way you get to be one of those massive enterprises uh, sitting on, you know, mountains of money is you don't spend it. 
yeah, you know, when a, a phrase that one of my, I need to start, I need to have a little go over to Lean Pub and make a Cote's book of sayings, maybe like 20, 30 pages, but like that. What was that French guy name? His name's not Roquefort, but he had one of the first little uh, books of saying Ro- Rochefeld or something. I should look up okay. whatever you say that Marquis name. Is it Marquis or Marquis? I, I, I think I'm mixing sure. up my Voyager. Uh, How do they say it in Belgium? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good uh, question. Depends if you're a Wallander or a French one or the uh, whatever. Yes. But I think, I think you know, uh, you don't get rich by spending money, despite what the uh, the investors will tell you. It's, well, I, I think a previous startup we, we worked at, uh, I think the saying was, you, you got to spend money to lose money. Yes. So. <laughs> well said. <laughs> All right. Now, what I want to, what the the last thing I want to get, Matt Ray, is uh, give give us some insights you have in the in the the developer relations world. Like, you know, I think we both uh, follow this uh, the avocado Slack, and we we consume all the stuff we can about what's going on with developer relations. Like, is there is there is there some interesting new thing that you've discovered? Like, are there some new uh, landscapes you're encountering, or is it kind of just like the same old thing. What is your basis for building a developer relations program? What are you going for? Well, I mean, that, that, uh, that's a big question. I know. Yeah. It's a big question. And a lot of, uh, a lot of the initial work is just getting a handle over what we have. Right. Um, Mm. you know, trigger mesh has pivoted a little bit and some of the stuff they've done, um, you know, as we find out kind of what, what is interesting to enterprises uh, versus, you know, I mean, it's, it's a classic conversation we have, like, you know, what will developers pay for? The answer is not a lot. What will yeah. enterprises pay for, right? What are the, you know, what will enterprises pay for? Well, it's all the like, you know, boring enterprise stuff um, that, you know, keeps us employed. And so, you know, we, we've tried to, you know, focus into that and, uh, you know, crack that nut about, you know, getting customers and, and the like. And so a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of the initial work, at least, you know, uh, five, six weeks into the job is messaging. It's, it's yeah, yeah. You know, getting the handle over what we have, finding out who, who we're trying to reach and then where are those people? And that's a lot of moving pieces. And, and so, you know, we, we definitely have uh, some plans for the year. And um, I don't think I have any secret sauce. Uh, I don't think anything's really changed that much. You know, you, you got to find out where the people are and um, get to them. And, and so <laughs> I wish there were silver bullets and I wish I had them. Yeah. Um, but uh, right now it's like having good product management, having good marketing, having uh-huh. good engineering. Um, all those things have to come together. And and I, I think, you know, the trigger mesh team is uh, uh, they're veterans, you know, people who have uh, been through this before. And um, I, I know I, I'm pretty optimistic and uh, you know, our investors uh, like what we're, we're saying too. So, you know, I think, I think that, that is, that's, that's a, it may sound general, but those are, there's, you hit on a good nuance. That is, I think what I often miss from a lot of the, um, enterprisey devrel out there right and and so in general i think if you have a pretty direct cta like go to this thing sign up for this SaaS, you can kind of figure out like what 
if you're doing your DevRel what well. And I know it's yeah. a little insulting to basically sell to say like DevRel is just like top of funnel stuff, your tofu or whatever. Well, whatever. It's just nice to have an input about what's going on. But I think I think you hit on something that's interesting is like there's not a lot of discussion of like what you could kind of call enterprise DevRel, like figuring out like when it comes to the actual enterprise buyers, like what's that weird area between like, you know, marketing and like developer relations. It's difficult to figure that out. And like, I think as our best example from past years, I still don't really know how I would diagnose the enterprise DevRel marketing that Kubernetes did. Like I don't quite, <laughs> I don't really, yes. I don't yeah. know or uh -huh. understand what happened, but obviously it nailed it. Right. Like, and I don't know if it was an accident or it like there were activities going on or it was the technology itself. I have no idea why that quote unquote I, won. But yeah, it, 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 it was almost decided like fate accompli, like this is going to happen and you're going to use it. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, and, and now that I'm in, now that I'm in it, uh, you know, full time, I'm kind of like, really? Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a strange mystery. That would be good to hear from people. If they wanted to come to our Slack channel, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com and look up at the, uh, the there's a Slack link and uh, you can join us. But that's like the ongoing mystery in my mind I'm always super curious about is like, why, why, did, uh, why did Kubernetes win out over, over all the other options? So many other things yeah. out there. And, uh, and, and, and I, I, if, if you're drinking the Kool-Aid and living the life, it works. Yeah. But like you know that's that's a lot it's a it's quite a jump from traditional enterprises yeah and that's the thing that that's the disconnect is it, it, seeing like all right i get this but i've been in so many organizations you know that this is totally foreign to them and and so now you know now my my job is to figure out how to uh sell to those people yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean to do to do my to do my uh backward walk Right. Like uh, like if we think about other things. So you had you had public cloud that was like technology wise. It was really easy to use. People shift over to that. And then before that, you have basically like Rails taking over from Java. That was like really quick up and running and key free. Right. Like you didn't have to pay for it or talk with the procurement department or ops, you could just do it. And then before that, you had JBoss taking over from proprietary app servers, also key, free, and it worked. The product was also good. And then before that, you had app servers, which were like an implementation of, this is where things get fuzzy, which were, were an implementation of Java Enterprise, and people wanted to program in Java. And I guess Java was sort of free and like helped you technology-wise out with like, enterprise server stuff for the web. And then before that, you had Linux, which kind of started to win over uh, Microsoft and Unix's, and it was functional and free. I don't know, maybe, yeah. I think there's a reoccurring pattern that we have here. It works and it's uh, free. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it, it, it's but not free. It, the, point, the point with, now, of course, this is what us people who want to sell into it say, which is totally valid, which, you know, I spent two years discovering the two years previous to this is like, oh, Kubernetes doesn't actually do that much, which is the, the next thing is like, that's why Kubernetes is a mystery is like, it like half works, but it doesn't work <laughs> at everything that like people expect it to. And yeah, so, so yeah. that's why- I mean, for 
that's why it's a mystery that it won basically a year and a half, two years ago. And it's it's strange. Like it it, it wins the same reason Red Hat wins, right? Mm, because yes. you know, you could roll your own. You you absolutely could. And you can get away with free stuff, but then when it comes time to get someone to support it or to have, you know, a standard that everyone understands and can deal with. It's like, you know what? Somebody is going to take that off your hands. And, you know, as a consumer of Kubernetes, I'm like, yeah, I don't actually want to run my own. I want to get it from, I want to get it from my cloud provider. I want to get it from my vendor. You know, I want to call up, uh, you know, VMware or Red Hat or Cisco or whoever, and, you know, get a supported Kubernetes because, that sucker moves fast. It's complicated. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to be a Kubernetes expert. I want to just, you know, get to my business. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let me, I want to throw a provisional, uh, lean in the spirit of lean strategy where you just get an MVP of strategy. I want to, I want to throw a provisional thing up on the whiteboard here, Matt Ray. Here's here's how you do enterprise DevRel nowadays. It's a okay to try to pronounce another French word. It's a pincer pincer movement. You get two sides, right? Okay. The first side is you have to make it. Uh, you know, you got to do the the Docker thing. First part is the Docker thing, and the JBoss and the Rails thing. It has to be super quick and free for developers, kind of operations people, but mostly developers to use. Like it just, ha they have to be able to like totally get it for free and it, they have to be able to like complete one cycle of using it in like 10 to 30 minutes, right? Including downloading it and including whatever on their laptop. And it's not, it, it, maybe it's just hello world. It's like five to 10 yeah. minutes to hello world, right? And then after that, it kind of sort of doesn't matter as far as use, usage, right? So that's the first part. And then the pin the second part is that, and then maybe a year or two into it, you have to swoop in with the enterprise grade stuff, the old open core <laughs> model and be like, here's all the missing stuff, right? So yeah. like, here's all the stuff that, you know, your developers, they don't like YAML. So you've got to pay for it to deal with the complexity. Your security people don't like this. Operations people don't like it because like, it's all no opsy, right? Like your first move is total no ops, right? Like mm -hmm. you orient that all around no ops, no security, pure dev, but then yep. you got to come in and you've got to sell back the, uh, the missing pieces. And I think Absolutely. it seems like a lot of the not Kubernetes alternatives they only did one or the other of those right like like with docker they didn't have the enterprise thing for whatever reason and i shouldn't say didn't have they weren't effective at it whatever it is they were doing it didn't work out they didn't have the enterprise sale on top of it and then if you look at all the alternatives uh to kubernetes maybe they just started with the second they didn't really nail the uh quick up and easy thing so i don't yeah. know we'll, we'll see how that uh, pans out well I'll keep you posted. Okay. Okay. You got to, you got to do the pincher thing. Pincher. Pincher. I'm all about the pincher. Well, you know, uh, we only got a little bit of bureaucracy. There's uh, as always, if you want stickers, you can email stickers at uh, software defined dot. What, where, what are we stickers at software defined talk dot com. Uh, and uh, just get us in your mailing address. Brandon will send you some free stickers. Thanks to everyone who's uh, stickering. We had a picture of some power bricks with a sticker on it. So that's a good usage. And yeah. uh, there's several conferences. If you want to get the lowdown on them, you can go to conf uh, conferences.com. You go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 311. 
There's the RabbitMQ Summit. Looks like it already happened, so don't go to that. And uh, I'm going to be speaking at the Carolina VMUG on July 22nd. It's it's pre-recorded, but it's okay. And uh, it's all about DevOps metrics. I'll, there's a link to the show notes. If you go to my Twitter account, I've got a good video hyping it. But you should uh, you can attend that for free. They'll send you the first 250 people get a beach ball, a mug, and some sunglasses. Ooh. So you might nice. want to do that. And then there's that conference later this month, July 26th and 29th. And finally... Our conference over here in VMware Tanzi Land, Spring One, September 1st and 2nd. Uh, now with that, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend this yes. episode? <laughs> so my recommendation is uh, uh, the McGruff Smart Kids album from 1986. <laughs> so you may be familiar with McGruff the Crime Dog. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you are, uh, because if not, this means nothing to you. But when I was a kid, there was this... Uh, uh, dog in a in a trench coat that would you know tell kids to stay off drugs and don't do crimes and and stuff like that well he put out an album of course and uh it's brilliant and so uh follow the link and it's it's 28 minutes of of goodness uh songs like you know don't do inhalants and marijuana just say no yeah <laughs> it sounds like and you're gonna love this cote it sounds a lot like uh michael mcdonald there's some yacht rock in there there's uh yeah the kid, because yeah. back in the 80s the kids loved yacht rock exactly <laughs> i mean there there's some really good stuff and and of course he's singing in this you know rorschach growly voice of you know, oh i'm the gruff the crime dog <laughs> and I, I just it's so bad it's good and i i listened to the whole thing and i kept listening so uh i think you know give it a chance i want to give it a chance yeah. Don't do inhalants. They'll damage your brain. I think McGruff Don't was do McGruff was a paid for thing, so it's probably copyrighted, right? It's not it's not in the public oh, I'm sure. domain. Yeah. 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 It was no. like because Dare was actually also like a commercial enterprise, if I remember. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Mm. I, don't do That's inhalants. That's my pick. You know, I I realized on the uh I think on the way the bike ride to my kids' school, there's this like little office park. Uh, and, um, every morning when you go through there, there's this kind of parking lot area and it's littered with like fast food, uh, wrappers and stuff. And I think, I think the kids go over there and eat a bunch of crap and probably like, you know, huff gas or whatever. What, what, what is that called? Speedos? Whippets. <laughs> Whippets? Yeah. I think they probably sit over there and like do their totally legal, like, uh, pot smoking and, and whippets and, uh, things like that. And then eat some, uh, a McChicken burger or whatever mm. it's uh, you know an appeal if, if there's anyone listening this far who's like out there in the parking lot like doing some recreational stuff that's cool but just like find a trash can is that really so hard just stick it in the <laughs> trash can that's what that's that would be the mcgruff for the 2020s that's the mcgruff for 2021 like, hey kids it's okay to smoke weeds and do inhalants but please pick up your litter Put it in a trash can, and then, but then we're gonna Vandalism have. is a crime. We'll have we'll have some objection from the far right. That's like, if you're providing trash cans from people, you're just legitimizing litter. They're just gonna litter. Like, don't give them trash cans. Then they shouldn't be doing. They shouldn't be litter doing. You know, eating fast food in the first place. Anyhow, well, my recommendation is uh, uh, I had this dish last night called uh, cumin beef. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, the restaurant I got it from, but I, it's, it's from a, a Chinese place. I'd never had cumin beef before, and it was delicious. I'm going to have to order it again. The, the cumin taste really came through in a way that was uh, unexpected, so I looked that off. Well, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. 
If you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 311 and uh, find all sorts of news that we didn't talk about and ones that we did. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Sorry, I, I, I didn't have a lot to add on the vacation front. That's fine. That's See, fine. Seeing how mine was canceled and I'm, they keep locking us down harder and harder. So yeah, not allowed to leave, not allowed to go more than five kilometers away from home. Even though you're vaccinated, I don't get it. Does the, I does, know, right? Does the vaccine No benefits work? to being, they, they just, they hadn't really considered like, well, what about people who are vaccinated? You know, because we carry, oh, you yeah. know, a mobile app that shows it. Everybody has that. You know what I bet it was, Matt Ray? I bet it was Friday. And uh, at the government office, they were like, okay, we sorted out the general case. Now let's take the edge case of people who are vaccinated. We we might have to introduce, we're going to need a, a vaccination passport. We're also going to need a way on the back end to verify it. And then, oh, they already have all that. Yep. And then, and then we're going to need a help desk for people who need help with it. And then they were like, whoa. Hey guys, looks like it's one twenty-five p.m. I think. Uh, how <laughs> about we save this for Monday? How about maybe we just do it for everyone? And they're like, "Yep, sounds good. Bye. Gotta go." <laughs> <laughs>